Okay, we have fewer questions than last month. Whew. That's good. Until the month when ruination no longer occurs. Where one weirdly, one guy gets like get a forty five minute question. question. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, the more that I that I think about my favorite hot lunch from the school cafeteria. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the Idle Thumbs Ruination Online for October 2017. Uh, I'm Chris Remo. I'm Nick Brecken. I'm Jake Rodkin. We don't always introduce ourselves on the Ruination. Well, Sometimes we're supposed we just to sort of roll into it. So now we have. Uh. This is the monthly stream on which we answer questions posed to us by high tier patrons on our Patreon campaign. If you want more information about that or to figure out how to become one such patron, go to patreon.com slash idle thumbs. And with that, <laughs> with that sound, <laughs> that we, sound means it's time for. You know what that means, Nick? <laughs> it means it's time to answer questions. Are you guys ready mm-hmm. to answer them? I am ready. Let's do it. Okay. Uh, Tom Grundy writes: Does Nick write for Curb? Your enthusiasm, I assume that means. The first episode of this season was called Foisted. Is there secretly a laundering of important if true nonsense into Larry David's magnum opus? When can I expect Larry David to get into an argument over who originated the poop in a bag story? <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully never. Yeah. Hopefully that's yeah, sta- let's, that, let's that hope that, that yeah. biohazard waste stays contained to our stupid pod bag. Mm-hmm. We did talk about Foisted on Important if True, did we not? Didn't make it in. Oh, it didn't make it in. No. Oh, all right. Well then. Yeah. <laughs> all new foisted content. We did. We. I mean, yeah. We did remark. We on, did remark on yeah. it. Yeah. It didn't. It, it didn't end up connecting back to anything else in the ah, episode. So okay. it didn't. Didn't end up in the episode. But uh, yes, I do remember watching that, and it it was the yeah. almost a uncanny mm-hmm. feeling. Like it, it was felt weird. like I was watching something from a slightly different universe. Well, the thing that happened to me was I just immediately imagined you. <laughs> on your couch watching right. that episode and yeah. having like a reaction. Did you yeah. imagine Chris doing the like the face from when he discovered the dancing in Headlander of just or like did you did you imagine like a surprised <laughs> like holy yeah, shit Chris no. or or more sort of like just oh no like what Oh what no I I Chris? imagine the 1111 like oh! kind of like oh my god Chris like you know the yeah, oh! sure. yeah. yeah. like yeah. the Larry I mean that's Larry basically does well, that Well there's sort of okay <laughs> just, I, there's there's two different Twitch avatars of Chris one of which is sort of like mm. incredulous screaming like what and the other yeah. one is like oh wow yeah. which <laughs> what, what, was it both of those in succession Yeah probably? I think it was yeah. probably All probably right. both okay repeated okay. 30 <laughs> times on a keyboard <laughs> Yeah but uh, yeah, no, that was weird. Yeah, definitely strange. Uh, this is in, this is all in reference to our other podcast, Important if True. If you if you don't listen mm-hmm. to that or know what that is, we say the word hoist. We say hoisted a lot, which is what this is. Well, we, I think we 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 talk about this in the in the you know cut material. Yeah, but the the weird part about it, like the weirdest aspect of it, was that they sort of reduced it to foisted yeah, by exactly. the end of it, as it opposed went through to the just, exact same pattern yeah, that our use that, of. We, it wasn't so much the, the word as it was the hoist by your own refining of it and yeah. reduced it and sort of like yeah reduced it down to hoisted yeah. as as an exclamation and that's exactly what happened in this Kirby enthusiasm episode in which the notion of foisting an employee a, a, a an unwanted employee onto another employer gets reduced down to foisted yeah in this declamate <clears throat> this sort of declamation uh, yep. anyway uh, J- juicy Jussie asks. Juicy, Juicy Jesse. Jesse. <laughs> what would each of you make for a living if making video games weren't an option? More money. Oh, sorry. What? 
<laughs> We're correctly assuming here that podcasting doesn't make enough to live on. I mean, podcasting does make enough to live on for some people, but it yeah. has to operate at a higher scale than it does for us. Yeah. Yeah. We've talked that. about this before, though. Yeah. Um, what was the name that I thought of last week? That uh, Oh, if we renamed ourselves like the Power Glove Tron Crew. Uh, <laughs> right. If we were right. If we were more interested in just like blasting out tons of nerd content <laughs> yeah. all the time, it's insane how much money you can make. If you just look at Patreon campaigns. Yeah, I'm sure there's a ton of secret... A skill to that that we do not understand oh, yeah, because I'm there sure. are, because it's there like, are many people who do that who fail at it horribly. Yeah, there's a reason some people appeal but, to more people than others. Yeah, uh, I don't think we know how to do that. Actually, I think yeah, this, the <laughs> podcast stuff we like doing is so weird and specific and dumb that I mean it's it's all dumb, but like it's dumb in a, such a specific way that it probably limits our earning potential mm. to some degree. But if you didn't make video games, what would you do? <clears throat> And how much would you make? You don't have to say that part. I can give a salary quote. I, <laughs> no. <laughs> I have no idea how much anyone makes to do anything. No, same. Um, That's actually a problem that I have whenever, like, you guys have done more freelancing than me. Um, yeah. But whenever I end up taking on a freelance mm. job, which I have done a couple times sort of when between game projects, I never know how much money to ask for. I absolutely oh, yeah, never it's a, it's a know. Real problem, yeah. well, I'm just like, $200? Like, Jesus. Any amount in between? Yeah, I have no I have idea. Yeah. So yeah. like Unless that leads to it, me not yeah. knowing how, how much anyone makes or lives on or anything, especially coupled with like... Yeah. where you live and how yeah. long you've lived there like yep. the, your cost of living is so ridiculous at least sort of along the west coast of the US which is where I know most people I think the only way to develop that knowledge is simply to for it to be enough of your ongoing time and income that you just generate data points to realize oh this is the maximum amount yeah. this kind of company no, will true. pay for this kind of work for someone with pushing, my amount pushing of your ceiling until someone absolutely balks yeah. at it yeah. but you have to have enough work mm-hmm. opportunities to do that because yeah. like the worst feeling is when you're like that'll be twenty five hundred dollars the person goes great good right and you're like <laughs> nah, god damn shit. it okay yeah, yeah, huh. yeah, yeah. well could have could have probably could've. put a lot more on that yeah. one <laughs> mm-hmm. anyway what job would you do what what i don't know this is always a terrifying question to me because <laughs> working i you know it's been so many years it's been so many years since i've done something that wasn't I mean, making video games I've been doing for eight years now, but even longer than that, my job has been directly related to video games. You know, I mean, that has been for 14 years Mm -hmm. at this point or something like that. I don't even know. Something like that. 13, 14 years. Uh, And so I don't even... It's really sad, but, like, I don't even know what, like, other things I'm equipped or capable... Of doing, you know, all the things that 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 come to my brain are things yeah. that I'm not qualified to do. That are just other cool jobs that anyone would want. Put the word "ideally" in that question. Like, ideally, what would you? What make? would you do? What would you make? Oh, ideally, I would. I would probably. I don't. I don't know. Actually, I have no fucking idea. Yeah, Jesus it's hard. Christ. It's, it's a really. Hard. It's a really difficult question. I mean, yeah. you, you can give goofy answers, but they're not realistic ideally for me i yeah i can't i can't pick a a single like career track but i think my ideal situation would be to be able to pursue a bunch of smaller projects without that's worrying also, about them being the thing that my livelihood is contingent on yeah yeah and you know i get a taste of that by working at a game company and by owning a game company but even then the scope of the projects are huge by like a single person's standards and mm. they have to 
actually hit successful metrics and whatever sure. else. I can't just you, like you know what my you can't just dick around. So uh, my ideal job would be dicking around. You know my I mean you know what actually just making this, stuff. Since mm-hmm. we're talking about ideal and like we don't it doesn't ever have to mean anything because it's all bullshit. This is actually a thing that I think about that that I would love to, to have in my professional life. A thing I think about a lot is projects made by a very small number of people of a scope that is significant enough to do something that is, you know, generally broadly appealing to people, but is small scale enough within the context of its field that it doesn't have as much scrutiny or requirement to, like, have huge returns that persists over a long period of time that sort of settles into an equilibrium that allows its creator to also work on other interesting things. So and you I, wish you'd made refi- Minecraft. Oh. No, that's not what I mean. I mean, <laughs> think about what kind of person you'd be no. right I, now. Well, that would be great because you'd have tons of money. Then you could do whatever you want. But that's not what I mean. I mean, like, I have actually specific examples across several, uh, across different types of things. Like, if you think <laughs> I actually have brats with you. No, uh, no. I don't have any, like, case studies. <laughs> but I just, like, I've, I've, it's a thing I've noticed. Like, yeah. if you think about a show, like, these seem like a weird thing to pair but if you think about a show like it's always sunny in Philadelphia or like the Venture Brothers those shows are very very different in terms of their production one's live action one's a cartoon you know they're one's science fiction one is not like they're they're very different but they're both the product of a fairly small number of people that have run for a long time that are about really specific kind of unusual they have unusual premises are about very specific things and over the as they've gone farther and farther into their uh, runs, they have delved deeper and deeper and deeper into the very specific things each of those shows are about. And with that, they've allowed to, they've been able to become really weird and deep in ways that are surprising that would not necessarily be apparent if you just watched the first season of each of those shows because they have developed an entire like moral universe unto themselves and have developed. Like, and when I say universe, I don't mean like lore in the sense of science fiction, even though the Venture Brothers has that. I mean that they have developed like <clears throat> a sort of system of mechanics of how the world and characters in them works that are really specific to those creations. And I find that really appealing. And there are game examples of that as well. Um, this is a smaller scale project, but nonetheless, like our friends Zach and Kevin who make say, Kingdom of Loathing. Yeah, exactly. Seems, seems like what you're talking that, about. Yeah. That game has never like clicked with me personally specifically but it's a very long running project that reflects the sensibility of its creators uh, exists at a small enough scale that they can keep making it on an ongoing basis and really directly like strongly connect with its audience in a way that a lot of things aren't going to because it doesn't have to be a huge mass market like hitting all quadrants success and that that is really 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 appealing to me and I would love to at some point in my life have some like vector to exercise that kind of ongoing sensibility because when I think about something like Idle Thumbs it is like it scratches the surface of that sometimes you know like it is a long term project on which we have developed a particular sensibility and like as the person who edits it like I have this sort of almost decade at this point of like weird little sort of tricks and ideas I have that go into it but because it is purely a free time project I a lot of times just have to do the shortest line from point A to point B to get the thing out the door because we're just I'm just too busy in my life and I have an actual real full time job on top of it but like having that very long term relationship with a small to mid scale project that allows you to exert a specific creative arc over time is incredibly appealing to me and I wish I had a better way in my life to like engage with that and express that 
it's it's just to keep talking about this, but in a completely different way. Now that you're talking about that, it is it's funny having worked on and with Idle Thumbs related materials for what thirteen years? Fourteen. Yeah, if you go back before the podcast, yeah, for yeah, almost fourteen. We years. don't do any sort of we don't do large scale Idle Thumbs stuff that often anymore, other than putting out a weekly podcast. But whenever we do, like when we put the Patreon together, or whenever we're sort of like redesigning a website, it is amazing how comfortable. And like enjoyable it is for me to like to sort of slide back into the seat of like oh I get to play in Idle Thumbs world now because that is the, the only one of those that I really have yeah yep it is it's a nice thing that is just like always there and there's a <clears throat> core of the audience who you know whether they've been there for a year or for ten years uh, sort of like it just clicks with them in a way that when we do put out some of the weirder or stuff we do or stuff that we don't know if it's going to work or not, you get that like good sort of, you can bounce off a core of people who like broadly sort of yep. intangibly understand the vibe of oh, the thing. Speaking and that's of, really appealing. Speaking of things that you could, that, that uh, I've found uh, is really easy to sort of slide back into and do, uh, the, the Patreon postcards are an example of that. However, attention <laughs> all Patreon backers. Uh, we fucked up and only ordered five out of the six variant postcards from last month, which is why you haven't gotten them yet, despite yeah. us telling you that you would get them. We're so, going to send out a the, couple hundred of them today, though, Yeah, that, that, are, that are not that variant. That variant will be coming in soon, and then the next month will come in soon. Yes. Sorry. There's, Sorry. A, there's someone who asks about that again in this. So. Oh, well, I jumped the yeah, gun. That's okay. Um, all right. Well, that's, uh, that's, that's that. That was our good opening question. That was the second question. Um, from the same asker, bonus question, because I missed last month because of the short notice, what kind of a robot would you most like to live with? Asking for a human friend. <laughs> okay. Live with. Yeah. Live with. A nice one. The dumbest one possible. Like literally the dumbest, like. Well, that's what what definition of dumb? I mean, do you mean like the one that's like okay in the in the parlance of our times in which smart is used in the context of AI and robotics to refer okay. to something that is connected to a global network? Sure, you of want the things. dumbest one possible. You, yeah. want the, you want the robot you already have, your toaster. Exactly, that's the kind. Okay, because like I saying I want a really dumb robot to live <laughs> with is just like, oh yeah. come on, Larry! Like just yeah. like yeah. You, you just, just have a robot like who a leaves garbage bumbling, around and like, like knocks stuff over. Yeah, yeah. Uh, doesn't pay the electric bill His on time. Larry. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's L A R R Y, which stands for sure, I don't stands fucking for know. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I'm not good enough to Nick. come up with that one right now. Oh, I don't know. Large, autonomous, really robotic. Robotic. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> I don't know what the yes, the Y stands for. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's how he describes himself. That he puts on sunglasses. He's like wearing a tank top when he does this. <laughs> I'm like fucking Christ, Larry. <laughs> it's impossible oh, for me not to conflate that with Larry David since we were talking about no, no, earlier. Uh, chat suggests L A R R E as the name yeah. of Larry. Mm, that's good. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The E could be anything. Anything robotic. The E is probably everything. Everything. Yeah. It's the large autonomous, really robotic everything. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, that's it. That's our ideal robot. Yeah, Larry. Um, Brian Bannon. Brian Brannon. Sorry. Writes. What is the most memorable experience you've had from any convention you've been to? Oh, probably that time we went to QuakeCon together to do a live episode of Idle Thumbs, and then we saw a big, huge sign that said the word Butt Clan. Oh, yeah, that was so much fun. And then Chris took a picture of it, and then I took a picture of Chris taking a picture of it, uh-huh. and then Steve took a picture of me taking a picture of Chris taking a picture of it, and then I think JP LeBreton took a picture of yeah. all of us. Were you in that, Nick, that Mm-mm. picture? No, Nick was not around for Butt Clan. Job. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, and then it circled back around. Yeah, and then I think you got around to the picture of the end. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I made a stupid gif of that really recently that treated it as if it was like mist, where because it shows it was (laughs) your picture. Did I see it? Yeah, I don't know. I was in a reply to someone, and then I had the little like pixel hand to go and click on your phone, and then it cross dissolves (laughs) into that one, and then cross dissolves all the way up to the butt clan picture. Oh, that's really good. good. I either I saw that and forgot, or I never saw it. So you should resurface that. I don't know if that's actually my best convention memory. It's my best convention memories are usually going like earlier days of PAX, just borrowing games uh, from yeah. the board game checkout and then Early without per- with, game, yeah, yeah without permission mm. just going to a hotel lobby somewhere and drinking a bunch <laughs> of playing board games like that's yeah. the best convention memories my, my best might actually be Idle Thumbs 50 which was Oh, super the fun. First, the, fr- the, like, first big the farewell, the first big. Idle Thumbs like, 51? Oh, was it 51? It's 51. Yeah, yeah Idle Thumbs yeah. 51. Because, like. It's, yeah. That Seeing just, the people actually showed up to that was exciting. Yeah, I remember <laughs> I remember we didn't, like, we felt really nervous about that. Mm-hmm. And we had a bigger room than we ex- we expected. It ended up just being really fun. Like, not that, not even just, like, that part, but just the whole thing was was just really fun. And that was, that, that was like, a weird point in the life of of that podcast. Well, we called it Idle Thumbs 51 even though we had already done the 13 episodes with Steve because Nick was back on it. So we were just being dicks. Yeah. We oh, had, that's true. That wasn't the original uh, Farewell. right. The original we, Farewell was Because we had Idle Thumbs 50, which was... Video games or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And then we had the Idle Thumbs podcast episodes that's 1 right. through 13. And then we had Idle Thumbs 51 live from the Unicorn, unicorn or whatever, whatever mm-hmm. the hell it was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But that, that was fun. That was a really fun... I just remember that being a blast. Yeah. And like, yeah. I wonder if anyone would ever go to an Idle Thumbs live show again or if we've destroyed our audience too much. <laughs> I have no idea. I mean, at some, at something like PAX, probably some people would, but probably fewer than... Than at that time? At that time, yeah. When people a, were clamoring for for more Nick content. <laughs> I mean, what? It had been, well, well, been months without actually, Nick. Uh-huh. The funny thing is we actually don't even know what our podcast audience was at that point no like we have no, no. idea because we didn't have any yeah uh, like we had no tracking of that whatsoever for all we know it's the same now as it was then like we have i mean we genuinely have no way to know that it was probably we probably had like two hundred and fifty thousand listeners or something and i we didn't do know not it. think we, we did. probably had like half of, we probably <laughs> were definitely like definitely don't think we had that back before many. podcast metrics we could have been bigger than serial and no one can prove it that's true. And we probably I, were. I imagine we were. That's why we managed to get like 100 people in that room. <laughs> <laughs> God, if we'd actually only gotten 100 people, it would have looked like we had 10 people. Yeah. Like yeah. when you have that, when you have 100 people in a room that big, oh, it looks yeah. like literally nothing. Um, uh, okay. That was a little humble see. brag from Chris there about how big our audience was. I've Did you see the crowds? Huge crowds. I mean, well, but, 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 but see, conversely, you can't prove. But see, the opposite of <laughs> what I said, picture. though, the opposite of what I said, which is why it's not actually a humble, humble brag. Yeah, that AP photographer that took a picture of the giant bomb live panel—that's just the yeah, yeah, illusion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's just an illusion. No, no, no. But what I mean is, no. As long as the room is bigger than like a couple hundred people. If it's pretty much full, it looks like you have a lot of people, regardless yes. of how many you actually have. Right. So it works both ways. Like it's all about a percentage of room filled. It's yeah. not so much about the raw number. No, it's it's like when you have the the bowl of candy that you stupidly have in an office, and for a while there, it feels like you're not making a dent in it at all, right. and then suddenly you're like, oh god, I ate the whole thing, and there's like six at the bottom. Yeah. I feel like, like when room scale is very similar. Where it's like the room corns. is empty, empty, empty. Oh, it is full. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Yeah. Like when you have a disgusting thing of candy corns. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Nick, do you have a favorite uh, convention memory? I mean, Idle Thumbs is that 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 show that yeah. that that you know was was pretty much up there. Stick it with Butt Clan. Uh, Alex Schroeder, no, Butt Clan is good. Alex Schroeder says next month the Rock Band series will turn ten years old, while Guitar Hero will be twelve. Wow, 
Now that the plastic instrument craze has long since passed, what do you think of those games in retrospect? Do you think they can ever make a comeback like Rock Band 4 and Guitar Hero Live attempted to? Or are they doomed to remain a footnote in the history of gaming never to return to the mainstream? Hmm. I don't know. Um, it feels like a pet rock to me. It feels yeah. like a thing that's... If it comes back, it will be a generational thing. Yeah, yeah. maybe. I, I agree with that. that. I think... Maybe... Do you disagree, Nick? Oh, no. Yeah. Yeah, no. It just I, feels like it ate itself... Like, it burned so fast to the point that it was like... Yeah. It, it burned through basically like the millennial slash Gen X hybrid crowd that was playing it all the way up through Beatles rock band of like the only one that we can sell to baby boomers. They got that one out even before it died and then it's gone. Like it feels like, I I mean, I think if you, if you look through the history of also, there's only two years difference between guitar hero and rock band shows how fucking fast that was a fad. Exactly. That felt like guitar hero was around forever. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, this, this is, uh, goes back to what I was saying on the previous ruination cast about um, VR and the way that VR sort of bur- I mean VR hasn't fizzled out to the extent that um, plastic instruments have but it's it's definitely not where it's got 12 years to the get there. bullish expectations were yeah sure um, you know a year or two ago and I think the thing that this says to me is a thing that has seemed true for a long time really which is that any video game trend that relies entirely on extra plastic peripherals in order for it to work at all is not something that is going to last forever. I mean, you look at the Wii, which was bigger than any of these Just things when it came out. When I mean, which was and and the thing is, all these things are cool and like good in a lot of ways. It's not as though they're actually just like cheap gimmicks. It's just that whenever you have to add on like a new additional extra thing that you have to get that isn't like the only thing you need because if you remember the Wii I mean the Wii controller was the controller for the Wii but you also ended up needing other normal controllers yeah, for other games Nintendo like, solved that in their case by building that functionality into all of their controllers it's true. now like it's true. Nintendo systems yeah. have yeah, an accelerometer no one's going to do that with plastic right. guitars so right exactly that's yeah, the yeah, problem yeah. Is that's, that, I mean, the, I mean the, the, but that's, that's, that's kind of the other way it can go like yeah a joystick was at one point a yeah. novelty peripheral, and it's kind of just fallen into just every game controller has two it's joysticks just, built an into it. Stick. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, either your either your peripheral turns into just the standard thing, and then you can have it, or more likely, it gets incorporated into the standard thing. Yeah, but or it goes away. A headset I mean, that's or it. a plastic guitar are by design things that that exactly. can't be yeah. true for because the form factor is the important part. Where yeah. it turns out with the Wii, it turns out the form factor wasn't the important it's the part. The functionality. It was just this one component of yeah. it. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Which also, for different reasons, became standard in mobile phones, which I think also helped Nintendo that's, out. I bet that's but true. But a gyroscope yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and an accelerometer Those components are, are probably dirt cheap. Yeah, and they're, know, in, no they're in phones like for device orientation, yeah. Uh, yeah. understanding, and turn-by-turn car navigation and whatever the, else. You know? I think the important thing about it becoming incorporated into the standard controller means a developer, there's no onus on a developer to make it critical to the... Yes. core functionality of their game. That's the other problem. Any weird peripheral that adds a bunch of really specific functionality that can only be used with that peripheral m- means like you have to take advantage of it. Otherwise, what's the point? And a lot of times those things just aren't necessary for every single yeah. game, right? That's a, that's another like the switch I feel is has made peace with that in such a nice way where like you don't have to use the touchscreen if you don't want. You don't have to use the accelerometer if you don't want. But as a developer, you can trust that they're there. Exactly. Yeah. It, no one has to have bought an additional thing. Yeah. It's really nice. Um okay, well, uh 
What was the question again? Whatever. Oh, do, do you think um, plastic instruments will make a can make a comeback? Oh, or are they doomed to? Re- I make think a footnote it, in the history. I think of if game? they do again, it'll just be as another fad. It'll be like sure. Yeah, Remember yeah. Guitar Hero? Right. It'll be like the way that now we have the the NES Mini or whatever, where you buy a guitar and it'll come with all the stuff on the guitar. The thing guitar. is, they even tried to do that. Remember Bobby Kodak was talking about how maybe Guitar Hero will eventually not need a console because it's such a mm. right. mainstay of our but culture. But that's different. That, that's like he was still trying to make that like a central platform thing, whereas the version I'm talking about is just as a novelty that you buy right. in Walmart yeah. or whatever. Yeah, it's, it's surprising that that actually isn't a mainstay already. The Guitar Hero brand didn't devolve its way down into like a $25 plastic guitar. This is a party toy that has 15 songs on it and a little music store inside of it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you'd think actually that's what harmonics could have maybe tried because, well, I don't know, maybe they did. I don't, I don't actually don't even know well enough what their attempts to revive this stuff were. Who knows? Uh, Mickey P writes, do you have any nostalgic memories around game packaging? Uh, for example, the big cardboard no. boxes used for PC games, or the case designs used for certain console game releases, or even memorable box art for games. Um, yes. Oh, man. Definitively, yes. <laughs> Somebody on Twitter today posted an image of the Super Nintendo game Phalanx, which was... Is that the one with the banjo guy the on The banjo it? guy with the spaceship <laughs> in the background, like yeah. the far I, I background. I only that because it was in rental stores, and I was, yes. like, I was like, what is this old man yeah. on the banjo? It's just a what? literally a photograph of an old man with a banjo. Yeah. And it's, but it's named for like a Roman military formation? Yeah. yeah. The, and the, and the it's, I think it's a game about is, like you're just a spaceship or something. Oh. Like, yeah. It's like a, like a Gradius or something, but like... Man, just seeing that image, I was like, boom, like ratatouille, oh, like back to walking through Blockbuster and yeah, seeing yeah, that yeah. weird banjo guy. Like, whoa, that game must be lame. I just, but I didn't know it was a spaceship. Game. I what does just, it mean? Can I, you tell? What I it just means? looked up the backstory behind it. Like, it came up a couple weeks ago, and man, I can't remember it now. But it was something along the lines of the developer just saying, "We're just gonna do something weird because we can." Like, I think they just didn't want to use the Japanese box art. Wow. Because the difference between the, the Japanese and the U.S. box art for that game is wild. Because uh, obviously one of them is not a photograph <laughs> of an old man with a banjo. Yeah. Uh, Weird. You want to try to find that, Nick? Yeah. Well, I have another one that's yeah. so, that actually, so immediately in response to this, a different reader posted the mystery of the druids in all caps. And the box art to this game. <laughs> oh, very, man. Mystery of the druids is a classic. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It's yeah. just that guy going. <gasps> it's a druid, I guess. There's some kind of monk-like figure sort of aghast in horror and it's just rendered in a very funny way that was not intended to be as yeah, funny as a lot of is. people talk about like just big PC game boxes or like the 90s boxes that were weird shapes like uh, uh, like yeah. Spectre and uh, Prince of Persia and, uh, and Tomb, Tomb Raider, Raider and, and Day of the, the Tentacle. Tentacle I personally Jinx. don't get any sort of feeling when I see those but it's it, like I don't I don't really care the only the only version of that that is really memorable to me is the large PC like an example would be the large PC game boxes that were earlier LucasArts adventures that had hand painted covers yeah that's by what people I was, like that's Steve Purcell that were incredibly gorgeous I was gonna exactly bring that up the the old hand painted covers that work I mean like Atari Atari game boxes are similar to this where it's just sort of the implication is the graphics in the game can't quite in company, like, or this can, is what's in your imagination. Yeah, it can't contain yeah. the entire sort of tone of the game in one screenshot. So they paint a painting that's supposed to evoke it. And yeah, like old, old LucasArts boxes are easily the thing that I have the most nostalgia for. 
Uh, Monkey Island 1 and 2 are classics. Yeah, Monkey Island, Monkey Island 2 in particular is probably my favorite PC game box art of all time. Mm. And I went and visited Steve Purcell's house one time because I... I worked with him uh, on Sam and Max games at Telltale, and I ran an old Sam and Max fan site in my youth, so I ended up getting to know that guy. He has that painting up above his fireplace. It's an actual, <laughs> oh, so great. it's an actual painting on that. canvas. Yeah, yeah and That's it's so good. huge. It's not huge, but it's like it's not as eh, it's not quite as big as the giant painting of me. But it's not much. <laughs> not quite as Humble big brag. as the giant <laughs> painting of me. But it's not. Uh, you just did the Vigo the Carpathian pose while talking about giant paintings <laughs> of yourself. Uh, but it's still very large, and it was the first time I'd ever seen it without any of the text or anything yeah, on it. Yeah, and it was amazing. like that was a like amazing, good mm. experience to have. Yeah, that's awesome. I wish that like we're in this phase now of like everyone's doing really artsy reinterpretations of movie posters and of soundtracks, and we're getting all these amazing like modern versions of those, like through Mondo and that sort yeah. of thing. I wish that really someone have that in games. No, one, there aren't reinterpretations of games, but two, no one is just going and making good prints of all of those paintings. Some of them are probably mm. lost, but some yeah. of them definitely aren't. Yeah. And that would be... It's just, it would be a job to track those down. I know. Like, like imagine tracking down that, that Monkey Island 2 thing if you didn't, if you weren't you and didn't happen to go to Steve Purcell's house one time. I know. I mean, well, they're someone who's interested in doing the legwork. Like yeah, they would just have to talk they, to a They'd have to go people. talk to yeah, license holders exactly, and find yeah. it. But, like, Mondo is the Alamo Drafthouse poster group. But, what, like, my favorite thing that Mondo has ever put out is um, the original Drew Struzan poster for The Thing, which is the, like, mm. Arctic oh, guy yeah. with the sort of light blasting out of yeah. his face. I didn't know that was Drew Struzan. I'm pretty sure it is. I believe you. I just didn't know. They it. went and f- got that painting <clears throat> from him and turned it into like I believe just like a bazillion screen screen print, and they did a complete like a just a, wow. a really nice reproduction of literally just the original thing poster as a he- without any of the um, text or other design that's, treatments that's on it. That's awesome. It's so good. Yeah, I bet and that like, looks great. A lot of these they don't have to be screen print. I don't care, but just like sure, man, a good nice. Yeah, I have one of the. I have an original promotional poster for Monkey Island One that I got off of eBay years and years and years ago from an old Lucasfilm collector, and like that's one of my favorite possessions that I have because you just can't get that art at yeah. that size in a like displayable way. Yeah, for any for like whether it's like people would just go fucking nuts if the mm-hmm. if the old Atari twenty six hundred boxes got turned into just like yeah. nice art prints that were. Anyway, yeah, I mean, mov- movies have a tradition of movie posters, which are, you know, a lot of times they're garbage, but it's a large format piece of art that is, they're still make them all the time and they're displayed prominently. But now that games are like uh, so much other media, are primarily sold digitally, I don't know, probably not primarily, but are, the box is just, video game box art and it's just never really been consistently great it's just, there's never there hasn't really been a lot of great traditions outside of a few specific threads of it and especially these days that just does not matter like the only games getting box art are big budget AAA games that are going to do most of their business in GameStop which is a you know small number of games in yep. absolute terms and the point of that is definitely not to make a beautiful looking piece of art in its own right and so there is just isn't really a culture of like I think that's part of the reason that there isn't the culture of what you're describing of like even even reinterpreting old game art because there just there isn't a tradition there isn't a current tradition of making big beautiful art key art for games in the first place yep. you know one piece of software uh, packaging that I do have an immense amount of nostalgia for from an actual packaging design standpoint is like 80s and early 90s business software. <laughs> 
<laughs> I fucking love it. Where it basically oh, was like you are Lots buying of triangles and shit. Yeah, well, and also it's just like you get a box the size of like you know like a really formidable dictionary would probably come in like just mm-hmm. like a like a foot high by like six inch deep box that slides open and has like four manuals in it right oh it's so good where it's like just you're buying heavy machinery yeah, right yeah, now yeah, this totally. copy of autocad yeah. is actually you know when yeah. it was like basically defining your business by the fact that you had paid the like right. seven thousand dollars for this piece of software and now you are able to compete with other companies the way that you would buy like a printing press or a right. fabrication machine yeah totally uh, that that era is completely gone. Mm-hmm. My dream collector's edition of Quadrilateral Cowboy is one that comes packaged in that style, <laughs> where it's just like yeah, that would be very good. weird, like dongles and just a huge fat yeah. manual. I don't know what would be in that manual though. Yeah, nothing. Brendan would have <laughs> ideas. Yeah. for that of all people. Um, Nick Cornick says, with Dishonored Halloween fast approaching, what will your appropriately old timey costumes be? Is Dishonored Halloween an old-timey holiday? I don't know. I think you just dress like you're a Dishonored person. Well, maybe... Uh, 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 in Dishonored Halloween, you dress uh, as old-timey people and don't scare each other. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> yeah, uh, in other true. ways, though, it is very similar to our Halloween. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I'm glad that this just introduces new lore into what Dishonored uh, Halloween just, is. It just snibs, just backdoors some new Dishonored lore. <laughs> um, I don't... I have no idea what my old-timey... Dishonored Halloween costume is. Yeah. Nick, a, what is yours? That's a tough one. I have no idea. Yeah. Old timey? Yeah. Um, Christ, I don't know. You'll dress as Christ, an appropriately old Christ, timey Christ, yes. <laughs> I'll be a train engineer. That seems like an old, like, like old timey one. Yeah. Right. Like sort of stripey overalls and a little hat. Yeah. Mm. Seems good. Yeah, mm. that's good. You can pull yeah. that off. Yeah. Yeah. Chris, how about you? Oh man! I'll be a I'll be a, like a an admiral of like a oh, of like yeah. a fleet a, dis- like, a dishonored like your, like your oh, yeah yeah photo oh that's true actually, picture yeah. Of yourself. well I'll be yeah yeah more like like Napoleon era just you know with the hat you know sure the, the, yeah mm-hmm. yeah that's that's mine God you'll be an I... age of character yes yeah <laughs> I don't know ugh. I don't know. I'm t- I'm so terrible at questions like this. You've been paid to answer this question. I know I have. Um, God, what would I be? Uh, I would be I would be some like junior officer supporting Nick. Mm. I would just be subservient sure. to Nick. Boring. Burton. I'll be on my train. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see. What do what do like old? I mean. If we're all if we're all like officials of some kind, if Jake is like running a is like running a railroad train and Nick is an admiral, I guess I could then in that case be like a um, you know like old prof- like people who worked um, professions still had uniforms. I'm trying to think yeah. of like what a good. I mean, I guess train engineers still do. That's one of actually the remaining yeah. like mm-hmm. you still actually dress up in like a nice thing. Um, I guess given, I mean, this is so similar to trains, but like, um, if you watch older movies in which like subway systems exist, like those people still dressed in like really sharply, 
because you just yep. had to. Like, I would be some kind of municipal infrastructure, just given what I'd love in my life, mm. I'd be some kind of like municipal infrastructure Man, employee. To that point, when muni drivers are wearing a uniform that has clearly just come back from the cleaner and is really crisp, oh, yeah, it's it actually great. awesome. Like, looks muni, so good. muni outfits are really yeah, good. Yeah, those like brown earth tones. Yeah, yeah, yeah it looks really, really nice. They just updated them like a oh, did they? couple weeks ago. Yeah. Oh, wow. Are they still good? Yeah, for the first time in years. I don't really remember. I'll have to look that I think up. They're a little more space age Muni is the San Francisco Municipal. Uh, Railroad, which is our transit system here in San Isn't Francisco. it SFMTA, isn't it? The Municipal I guess Transit Authority? And the I guess Muni, the, is, Muni the ra- is the railway, yeah, yeah. The Municipal Railway. Or something yeah, like that, yeah. yeah. Um, okay, let's see. Stephen Norrie says, fuck, Mary, kill. Your choices are the other two hosts plus Steve Gaynor. Well, fuck Nick. Yeah. I'll marry Steve and I'll kill you. <laughs> okay, fair enough. <laughs> um, I'm going to give Nick a break here. I'm going to fuck Steve Gaynor, because fuck that guy. Seriously. Um, I'm going to marry Nick, and I'm going to kill Jake, because he killed me. I got to revenge him from beyond the grave. And that means, Nick, you're married to a ghost now. Okay, <laughs> So enjoy fine. that. Yeah. Steve was murdered by a ghost, which I think is only appropriate. <laughs> oh, no, wait, no. Yeah, Steve, which Steve, one of us, only one of us is going to be alive at the end of this. <laughs> yeah, that's of the true. four of us. Only one of us. Yeah. One, well, Nick is yeah. the only one. Nick is now alive still. Well, no. Nick... Yes. You're dead. I'm dead. Nick that is means alive. Nick's Steve alive, is alive. Steve's dead because your only person left to kill is Steve. Mm-hmm. So you have to kill Steve, and now you have to decide about our ghosts. I have to kill Steve? All right. You don't. You, could, you, you don't, can, you don't you have can to. kill a ghost. There's just, oh. I guess, yeah, I guess you could kill a ghost. ghost That's rules. brutal. No, I'm then, killing that ghost. Then, you yeah. go, then you're a ghost, too. Well, are you then well, just removed from the astral plane? And then like, you're just <laughs> eyes floating around. This is a video game podcast, Chris. Pac-Man. Removed from the astral plane. All right, well, Nick, what are your... You gotta, let's let's um, roll this dice. Fuck me, marry me, kill me. <laughs> Fair enough. All Steve right. Gaynor lives. <laughs> Steve, yeah. See, uh, amazingly, through a weird loophole, <laughs> Steve Gaynor is the oh, last Chad is sad. Chad standing. said Nick's going to fuck a ghost, but it didn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, it depends what order you That's true. It, you executed those commands That's in. That's true. <laughs> uh, all right. Ian McNichol says, It seems there's a push towards, sy- towards systematically generated narratives with some games, such as the Nemesis system in Shadow of Mordor. Do you believe that this way of creating narratives in games will become more popular as we're able to construct more robust systems? Or might we stay the course with narrative-driven games that are designed to deliver a particular experience? Hmm. <laughs> I think that stuff might become more popular, but I don't think it's going to become the norm in narrative games. I I don't... I mean, that stuff can be really cool and work in really interesting ways that have emotional payoff, but re- I think reducing narratives to systems is something that we... is not... I, I'm aware that this is the kind of statement that so, like maybe mm-hmm. is sort of a, a Luddite kind of thing or like sounds like limiting, but I I genuinely don't think, at least with any of the ways that we currently understand interactive systems in video games, like I'm not speaking for like the future of like quantum computing or anything like that, but like in any version of our present reality, regardless of what might happen like far into the future, I nothing I haven't seen anything that suggests to me that systemically generated narratives, which is different than like general systemic possibility spaces in which I think there's massive possibility um, and huge dividends, but in like creating specifically like 
what I think the this reader is asking about, which is sort of Shadow of Mordor style, like generative narrative. I, I don't think there's a lot of, I don't think, I think that is like a niche area. I don't think it is the next frontier. Yeah. It, I mean, it seems like it's, it's the way it works in that game, at least. And I feel like the way that it's probably most likely to evolve is just another tool in the sort of immersive Sims yeah. school of players stories <laughs> things, which are always a lot closer to, oh, I poked a thing in the game and then it chased through a bunch of weird possibilities right. and gave me back a surprising result. I still think like I consider that like it's fine that that's a player story, but I don't really consider that an act of storytelling. Yes. I consider, it's I, meaningful it, because it happened to you yeah, mainly. It gives the players yeah. the tool to tell a story to someone else, but it in and of itself is not really a story being told in my opinion yes i, I think agree. i think one yeah, yeah the, like a story being told to you or a story that you're experiencing is still very different than you creating the materials for a story t- yeah. that you will later tell someone and i and i should be careful to note that like i am a huge exponent of the immersive sim model of yeah, it's awesome. interactive systems. I think it's amazing. I mean, I think games that allow, that give the player tools to um, sort of poke and prod at a systemically rich world that then returns experiences that are unique and multiplicative and subtle and diverse based on all of these colliding systems. I think that's amazing. I just think whenever people try to like, get into I, I typically I think when people have said oh wow and we're going to use this to like this will create stories again with a meaning of stories speaking to like the replacement for a created narrative it it's just I, I have never experienced one of those that feels satisfying in the way that a well told story does like I, I think those tools are used for different things yeah, it's and are just better at di- like some things are better at certain things than other things and I think that's one case of it yeah I, I love I, I also yeah I love that feeling in sort of I guess immersive sim or immersive sim heritage games where you feed a bunch of stuff in and you get that feeling out but it always ends up feeling like almost like a pointillistic experience where you get a ton of data returned you know a, a ton of little of these micro experiences kind of paints the picture of an overall theme but that's still very different than an explicit sort of yeah. singular through line of it, of what what people usually mean when they talk about what a story is. It also a lot of times what that ends up doing is averaging out the experience of any one of those stories into a kind of equilibrium. Like it, you know, you can have a, a a amazing like outlier experience where like wow, this was incredible and that's the one you're going to go tell to someone else. You're going to be like, "Wow." And like the thing you're not going to say is out of a thousand one of these that were basically unremarkable this one that happened was incredible and that's the one i'm going to tell you and our podcast has gotten a lot of mileage out of that over the years of yeah like separating out, out that wheat w- yeah but yeah. like ideally an actual story should be pretty interesting without needing you to wade through a thousand like 99 percent of yeah like i want to hear what, i want to hear what nick stuff. says i want a controversial dissenting yeah, opinion yeah. Oh, I think we're we're all doomed. I think uh, we're doomed. The, the, oh yeah, <laughs> yeah well, no, a, we're definitely a weird. We're, no, I mean we're extinct. I mean we're gonna. We're, <laughs> what are, you we're, talking are you talking about? about human beings or like people? No, who no st- storytellers. I think AI, oh, the AI revolution, sure. deep learning, big data. I yeah. think it's just you know it's right around the corner, guys. It's right around the corner. It's like yeah, when when the orc comes back and says, "You killed my father." Identify these three street signs. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I mean I actually I actually 
I I think like really super future long term, I would not be shocked if when AI actually breaks through a threshold yeah, same, and like same. I would not be shocked if a computer eventually could string together some kind of story that would entertain you know a general audience that yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I agree with that yeah but right it's like a probably a ways off from even it like feels like that. any i've seen like a few attempts at that and it's pretty laughable right now and when that happens i think it will come from a completely different type mm-hmm. of problem solving and, yes. comp- and that's computational development true. and design thinking will, than like yeah exactly the, 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 not the, be a the, game the, developer solving yes. this problem the, the nemesis system is not going to evolve no. into procedural I, narrative yeah, i agree facebook is going to present yes. it to us right. by starting to exactly. sell us yes, streaming exactly. television shows built by a robot or something that we yeah. literally yeah. haven't encountered yet but it will probably have more in common with that than with shadow of mordor yes yeah yep i think totally so too. uh okay uh reggie clark asks uh, during the development of Firewatch, did the main character ever have a head, or was he always designed to never show his face? Can you give us any teasers of future Campo Santo games to come? No. Huge fan of Firewatch and The Walking Dead. Firewatch, uh, yeah, the main character definitely has a face that was modeled. Um, we at one point actually talked about the very first shot of Firewatch being your character's face, looking at himself in the mirror like yeah. three weeks into the job, and then we realized, one, we didn't know if we could animate a face convincingly and two starting three weeks into the job seemed bad uh, when we wanted players to understand what the character's lot in life was and what their job was so it, we, it all got yeah although that moment could have simply been written to occur not three weeks into the job but yeah, yeah that's yeah. true it could have basically been you get you get to the fire yeah, lookout there tower. were a lot of reasons we didn't do that yeah yeah, yeah. but he has a head uh, if you <laughs> there's <laughs> He, in fact, had a head when walking around in the game, yeah. most of the game. Yeah. It was only, I think, hidden from the player camera. We saw the head a lot because we constantly had to look at, like, to just, as making the game, you watch it running from all kinds of weird angles. Yeah, we actually, he has a head because we, for a long time, had him casting a real shadow in the world, but then mm. we couldn't reconcile, or re- we just didn't have the time or resources to reconcile the fact that the character was animated for first person. Yeah against the shadow being third person where if you've ever seen like that gif of the character in crisis who like crouches behind a <laughs> yeah. wall up and down it just looks like a weird elastic weird gummy spider thing person yeah. yeah henry in firewatch the, the player in firewatch's hands were always sort of contorted forward to act to the first person camera so that you could see them yeah. nicely in front and it of was you. then bent so that if you looked down you could see your body and the hands will sort of realign mm-hmm. into perspective but that meant that his shadow looked like just this horrible tim burton character that had yeah. just like or like a freddy krueger so nightmare we were, sequence so we were then gonna have two different animation sets and I guess rigs of Henry it would that, be the same rig but there would rig, just be like just, yeah. correctives put and back so on the animation the shadow would only be cast by the normal normally animated one and then the crazy first person one would not cast a shadow and then that was complicated because it's like everything he does needs two anim- like needs two parallel animations yeah. and it's just a big pain in the ass Yep. So instead, he has a blob shadow, which was frustratingly expensive because we had to have like a Unity projector pointing mm. a blob at the ground so that it would adhere to the ground, but not be. Yeah. Uh, anyway, it was annoying. He has a head, and you never see it. <laughs> <laughs> Polly Bats asks, "If you had to be in the middle of a human centipede, who would be in front and who behind you?" Really? Oh, I don't want to know. I think we're vetoing this question. Answer. Yeah. Don't want to know. We found. We found that you've tested out the <laughs> yeah, limits yeah, yeah, of actually, the ruination, yeah. and we <laughs> found it. And there it is. <laughs> uh, Tobjorn Grunovic Dahl asks, "What are some of the most well-known movies you haven't watched?" Uh, everybody wants some. <laughs> oh yeah, you <laughs> just gave up. Whoever was asking about this, stop asking. <laughs> stop asking that question. Um, I haven't seen 
uh, any Back to the Futures after the first one, which I only saw within the last year. Um, and every time that ever comes up, people are scandalized I've by I've never it. seen Dirty Dancing. I watched that like a year or two ago with my wife. It was good. I had never seen The Thin Man until you endorsed it, and then I oh, saw it. Oh, you watched it? It was good. Oh, what do yeah. you think? Really yeah, good. isn't had that good, movie yeah, super it's fun? really fun and good. Yeah, that's a great movie. Um, I'm sure, I mean, I'm sure there are a bunch. Like, movies are one of those things where there's every human on the planet has a bunch of those where you say one and someone's like, what? You haven't seen blah? But, like, that surprised person would also... Surely there's countless examples of things where they have not seen them and someone else would be scandalized by it. Did you guys see that thing that was going around on Twitter uh, over the last couple of weeks that were like the five movies that you would show to another person so they understand who you yeah. are and the five yeah. games and the five albums? Yeah. I looked at that and just went, oh, man, if anyone ever tried to pull any of this shit on me, they would be the most horrible person I, in the world. I had world. the exact same like, reaction. Here, what do you yeah. mean by that? Play these five games to understand me. Are you fucking serious? Like, are you fucking serious right now? Like, that's that thread yeah. was just like, I, I, oh, re- I really didn't name like it. three X Men. Yeah. <laughs> I think I'm missing something. I just you mean guys the are... personal investment that you're putting on another prospective person by even framing the question like that oh, is insane. Sure, sure, sure. sure. Yeah. Like, as opposed to just like five movies you as love. As opposed or to, yeah. My yeah. answer to that was yeah. like, fine. Like, tell me one video game that you love and why, and we probably understand each other, except that. At least in the specific realm of video games, except that it's a different one. Like, mm-hmm. duh, ah, God, that whole thing just uh, it, yeah. it grossed me out. I know the intent of it, but the actual right. phrasing of it was just like, oh my God. Yeah. Between you answering like book, movie, video game, well, and album, you're just like invest a year in your life, and then your reactions are invalid. But hopefully, it will allow you to understand what I see in them, and you'll learn about me as a yeah, person. I, it was a weird. It was yeah, a weird. I had a weird like Ready Player One reaction to that. <laughs> <laughs> it's just I, like yeah. I feel like you I want to understand me. Watch the films uh, of the eighties, you know, just like <laughs> right. yeah, yeah, I, I, felt, I felt like my reaction was way an overreaction, but at yeah. the same time, I just went and sort of. I mean, my yeah. actual reaction at the time was to just sort of back away and not engage with any of those threads. But recoil, it, recoil in horror to these five Twitter memes, and you will understand. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Um, there are a bunch of other. Oh man! Five no, no, no. There, there needs watch, to be, it's, watch these five violators to understand me. <laughs> so that that is, uh, it's it's that the meme of the the boy the boyfriend looking at the other girl, but it's a oh, uh, right. yeah, yeah, person yeah. who hasn't oh. hasn't played these five video games. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there there are a lot of kind of like nerd canon movies that I have not seen. I think um, there are many many of those. Game. I mean, yeah. I don't know. Did you? Oh no! You, we all said something for this. Okay, so we all answered it. Yes. Arden Avery says, "I just found out about auto-tuned karaoke, and the world is a bit less magical today. What's your piece of technology you dislike because it removes the charm and attraction of the thing it supposedly helps?" Oh, so many. Auto-tuned karaoke now? is auto-tuned karaoke. That's disgusting. I've never heard that's of that. But that's, yeah. yeah, that's that's really shame. awful. I would love vocoded karaoke though. <laughs> I mean, that is, I mean, that is effectively the same thing. I guess, yeah, I guess that's true. <laughs> when I think of auto-tuning, I think of it being a little bit more cunning, whereas when I think of vocoding, I think of a person who sings yeah, but relatively real, flatly. And like the, yeah, but in, in real time, like, isn't that just what's going to happen? I guess it is. I mean, vo- the only reason we call those different things is because auto-tuning, as we understand it, is just done carefully in a studio to mask those hard edges. Fair enough. But like, so then I've never experienced auto-tuned karaoke, but can you just go, ah, uh, and have it go, uh, 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 like, will it actually, like, would it actually bend I you? Actually, I don't know. Because yeah, then you I, could actually, then auto-tuned karaoke could become its own medium, and you could do really robot awesome that would be shit. Super fun. Okay. Yeah, I would do, that would do, I would do that just for the sort of 
if you're engaging with it on its own terms rather than using it to make you right. better, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. if you're actually in it for the sort of play of it. And right, like, if you're an auto-tuned karaoke performance artist as opposed to... Uh, or just, just having fun with your friends, but knowing that the goal is to have fun with that thing instead right. of yeah. to like try and pretend you're a better karaoke singer than you actually are. Yeah. Right? Because the latter, that's pointless. What's the point of that? Um that Man. that bums me out, but th- usually things like this don't actually bum me out because it's just I still find it interesting when someone makes a piece of technology that actually sort of like invisibly mm. makes something easier or mm-hmm. does a cool trick. But it's because I th- I think the actual process of that is interesting. I usually don't like the results. Like mm-hmm. auto- like exactly this conversation we just had about auto tuned karaoke is my usual arc with these things like oh that's gross well if you actually like engage with it on its face and become interested in the process of it that's fine but then when you think about what it actually does is it just makes thousands and thousands of people uh, think they're good at singing when they're not like that's frustrating Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. i had a weird experience the other night when i was taking a cab for like a kind of a stressful reason i had to like take a cab somewhere because i you know just had to uh, and like a, doesn't not doesn't matter why for the purpose of this discussion. But I the point the only reason I say that is because I was like in that situation. Where I'm like I just need to get where I'm going like now. That's like the reason I'm not taking the bus for instance. Right. Mm-hmm. So I just need to get where I'm going and I just want to get there. And I get in the car and the guy was the, like blasting what sounded like I sounded like late era David Gilmour or something like David Gilmour of Pink Floyd. That's just like long fucking like 10 minute tracks of just nonstop guitar solos that just go on forever and I'm like Christ almighty like this is not what I need Mm -hmm. in my life right now Mm -hmm. and then what was insane about it and the reason this question reminded me of it is that he had a GPS going and and every time the oh did it duck it oh no no it didn't duck it but it well maybe it did I don't know that doesn't matter but the point is that every time the GPS came on I've never heard this before and I wanted to murder this man by the end of the ride oh I know what you're gonna say it was this like auto-tuned robot voice going turn left now and every instruction was like in 500 feet turn right (laughs) and it and it was like on top of music blaring and obviously they're not like exactly in the same key what if it was i thought it was at first i thought at first what if it was like microsoft songsmith uh, is is reading that data i thought at first and i still would have been annoyed given my mental state at the time but i also would have kind of respected it yeah uh, because i thought it was like almost like a winamp visualization kind of thing where it's like interacting with the music Mm -hmm. but it's not what was crazy about it is that like it was weird because I started to figure out the musical language. Like, turn left always went, turn left. It always did that exact little thing, which it went from being annoying to being like, oh, I, I'm, like, picking out the musical motifs mm-hmm. of the thing. To the point when you hear turn left, like, for the 19th time and it sounds exactly the same on top of this just, like, like, shred it, like, sort of, like, like dad guitar shredding which like don't get me wrong I love Pink Floyd and I love David Gilmore but this was not what I needed mm-hmm. at that moment and like it was I, I was about to go fucking crazy and I couldn't like you that's like the most tragic cyberpunk reality by the way because I'm sure yeah. also mm-hmm. as all modern cabs are it just looked like a 
taxi cab from the fifth element inside where there's like three Android phones and the payment processor <laughs> yeah, in the front and, like, and the, the meter and the, the payment like, processor yeah. inside mm-hmm. and like the two TV yeah. screens playing yeah. ads all yep. like wired yep. onto the yep. cage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're so living, having all yeah. of that shit happening at the same time as the radio is probably like the world is terrible in all ways. People can't <laughs> see because there's horrible fires and right. floods and the president yeah. is insane this and is then the it's thing. all like wow, turn left. <laughs> oh god. This is exactly. <laughs> this is what really differentiates all this shit from like the cyberpunk future that is uh, that is um, foreseen in movies like uh, Blade Runner or Brazil or something where like we no you're living in Transmetropolitan actually the it's not even it is yeah kind of Transmetropolitan it's closer yeah. but the, it's it's even dumber and and more mundane than that like the thing about something like Brazil or Blade Runner is that you're living in this sort of oppressive future but there's also kind of a solidarity of everyone being like this is foisted upon us and we all live in it and yes. we do the best we can with it. Everyone acknowledges that they're being oppressed and that they live in a yeah, bad future. Yeah and they're sort of downbeaten but they're all downbeaten together and there's like this ruling class that they all can like resent in common kind mm-hmm. of I mean I know I'm oversimplifying it but whatever that is like the charitable Everyone human feels the weight of it. In, yeah. in Blade Runner or but whatever. Not, I yeah. mean the, the thing in reality and obviously this is what would actually happen is real in reality like not that version of it the version of it that actually happens is everyone just uses this shit for the dumb shit that they like and it uh, no one there's no shared solidarity it's just like i just want to hear this garbage all the time because i can and it's here and why wouldn't i and i'm just in the back seat like going crazy and it's like well it's this guy's cab it's whatever it's his right but like we're not there's no fucking solidarity there it's just like we're both miserable separately so you know I don't know. Honestly, I think Back to the Future 2 does a pretty good job of conveying that version of the future. Oh, really? See, I haven't seen that. As oh, I yeah. It definitely does. I mean, it's, it's it's like a goofy 80s sitcom version of it, but... Yeah, but no, it's... It, yeah. It's not too bad when it comes to just everyone lives in a world full of just vile noise, but they're yep. just derping around being an idiot in a town. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I'll have to watch that. All you right. don't. Um, you don't have to watch it. I can't believe you haven't seen it, though. <laughs> Daniel asks... I'm in Maryland for work, and it got me wondering, does Nick have any stories about his time in Maryland while working for Bethesda? And if nothing springs to mind, I guess just general impressions or a dismissive one-off quip would do. This question is not in any way affiliated with or endorsed by quip toothbrushes. <laughs> Nick, you have one story about your time <laughs> at Bethesda. It well, has been told. About Mar- the question's actually more about Maryland about than Maryland. about Bethesda. Yeah. Mm. God, I don't know. Maryland. Everybody, did you live in Maryland? I forget. I did. Or did you live in one? Aren't there like a bunch of states all slammed together right now? Well, there? yeah. There's Maryland. There's Virginia. There's <laughs> West they call Coast it, Man asks. They call it the I mean, DMV, which is which is really re- repulsive. They call, they call it the DMV. Everyone calls it the DMV. Yeah. No, I don't mean the the, the, the area is called the DMV. Oh, it's right. DC, yeah, Maryland, so and Virginia, yeah, and it's really yeah, stupid. Yeah. And yeah. And then yeah. also in Massachusetts, where I lived for two years, they call the DMV the RMV. Ah, which is a weird, uncanny mm, thing. Yeah. Cool. So everything's weird in the Northeast. Yeah. Well, what about Maryland? What are your Maryland? Oh, God, I don't know. I mean, the thing I associate with Maryland is just like crabbing, you know, like every every year. <laughs> I think no, I no, no. Maryland is crabbing. No. Crabbing? Like, what is know, crabbing? People crabbing, love you know? eating blue crabs in Maryland. It's like yeah. the Maryland thing you do. Yeah. And like I got dragged down to this place down by the Potomac every year by people at Bethesda to like sit down at a table and they, you sit down at this long table and some guy and takes a crab. big. Yeah, well he, pay, he takes a big steel pot and he just dumps it on the table and all these like hundreds of crabs just spill out. And they're all steaming, and then everybody just like grabs a crab, and then you just take this big hammer <laughs> and smash the shit out of this single tiny crab, 
And then, like, because it's it hasn't they no preparation has gone into this crab. You're just like digging through like green guts, and like people are eating the guts. And then they love that old bay like oh, spi- bay seasoning. Yeah. Oh, and it, you, bay, they yeah. just everyone's just pouring that all over everything, and it gets on your hands, and your hands turn <laughs> red, and you got guts all over your face, <laughs> and it's just like supposed to be like the fun thing you do. You know, you sit around a table and eat guts for like three hours, but it's just vile and disgusting. And then that bay seasoning gets so like ground into your hands that like that for a whole week your hands just look and smell like bay seasoning it's just the absolute worst and those crabs they're so small it's mostly guts you get like two bites of meat and it's maybe 20 minutes of work per crab i mean it's just ridiculous like it is the stupidest tradition everyone's like oh you sit around the table and it's like a social thing you talk and eat you know crab gut and it's just oh that doesn't sound that bad to me oh it's fine I just wish it was a better food. I just wish that there was like more to the food part. It's so disgusting. Ugh. Anyway, that's what I well, associate I with Maryland. I think this person got their money. Oh yeah, they, they, yeah, yeah. Um, Michi Leroux asks, mm. "What is? Your, I don't know if that's. I don't know if this person's actually French or just of French descent. What is your worst experience when dealing with consumers, whether that be customers at a restaurant you waited at or an obnoxious?" Uh, game fan, mm. I'm sure you must all have some interesting stories. Also, obligatory, <laughs> when are you mailing the postcards question? We've already answered the postcards question. Mm-hmm. and Some um, of them today. Some of them, some of them are gone out today. <clears throat> uh, well. I mean, I, I've worked a bunch of jobs dealing with customers, and like the one that was least objectionable was when I worked uh, f- for, when I worked for a while at a, just a supermarket. I worked at a Vons. And that I actually have no real like specific negative experiences with that, but that's probably because I was too junior to like have to put up with anything that was escalated. I remember working at I worked for years for pretzel cart. Uh, I've talked about this definitely before on the podcast, yeah. on some podcast or another. I worked for you know a small company in San Diego that sold pretzels at conventions and events and things like that, like big soft pretzels with dipping sauce, and that was like. I mean, that definitely taught me something really fundamental about consumers, which is just, I mean, it taught me one, something about consumers and two, the way that like um, sort of a facet of how capitalism works where like even at a small company like ours, responsibility and sort of the command chain is so distributed that like no one individually that you can talk to has responsibility for everything. So you end up in this position where you're sitting there working at this cart and some customer is like yelling at you because the dipping sauce, because like 50 cents seems like a ripoff for the dipping sauce. And I'm like, ah, I have no control over it. Like this is so far beyond anything that I can do anything about. Where's like, my Szechuan sauce? It's just like, well, sure, right? I mean, yeah. like, it's the same exact thing. All that yeah. fucking McDonald's Szechuan sauce shit. Like people screaming at the employee behind the counter and like they have... Yeah, fine, whatever. Like, you expected this thing and you didn't get it, but, like, this person has no, like, 0% influence Mm -hmm. on the things you want. Like, and I just remember constantly dealing with that because they were expensive. The pretzels we sold were fucking expensive, but it's because they were, we were at events where people were willing to pay a lot for them. And, like, I'm not defending that or attacking it. It's, like, from my position of the person working there, it was just a law of the universe. And, like the justice or injustice of the situation was so far beyond my like ability to do anything about it that the I like being trapped in this constant like never ending argument with customers about it was just like people just that's insane. just how a human brain works i i helped like 
I didn't ever have a retail job because I'm I, a weirdo who got a really lucky first job in high school, but I did volunteer at polling places a lot when I mm. was like in cool. late teens in high school. And it was like, all right, we're here to vote for a county supervisor and some measures. And just I, a 17-year-old, I've talked about this on the podcast before, I'm mm. sure, where just like someone will just walk up to me and be like, I want to know right now why they replaced the intersection on da and da with a roundabout. That it makes no sense. I have like, I... Like, that's like, <laughs> man, am I not going to be able to change that roundabout? Like, yeah. that's like civic engineering. I'm 17. Yeah. <laughs> I'm here because, like, I like local politics. Yeah. <laughs> but not that part yet. I'm a yeah. child. I just thought it was, like, a good thing to do as a, as yeah, a citizen sure. to help yeah, people awesome. sign up to vote. Yeah. But, like, wow, I don't know anything about yeah. that factory that's not there anymore or whatever. Like, when the river's being dredged, holy shit, people. Yep. Uh, but I'm the face. Or, like, um... I just it's it's interesting that that's just how people work. Like yeah, um, we've had these really nasty, like basically like city destroying fires in northern in the northern Bay Area in the last week. And my wife's a school teacher. Um, this last Friday, a bunch of schools were closed because of smoke, but the one that she works at was not. I think because the district decided to stay open, not the administrators, not mm. the teachers. But of course, a ton of teenagers come in and are just like, "Why are we at school?" And you're like, "Well." Uh, I saw a ton of stuff about that. Boy, yeah. can I yeah. not tell you the answer to that question? <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. People just yell at the face that's right in front of them. No, it's true. Especially and I, Rick and Morty fans. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I had a bunch of experiences growing up that led me to just never be that person. Because I remember my dad is also just someone who would, like, scream at waiters if he thought that it, there was some yep. injustice that didn't commit. And I remember as a kid being just mortified. I was just like, I basically wanted to die. I remember one time as we like, I mean, we were at a, a restaurant called the, the, the Brooklyn diner in Manhattan. And my dad, I guess he didn't like the food or something. I don't even know what his complaint was. And as we were leaving, he was like yelled at, he got up and yelled at waiters like, I'm from Brooklyn. And I can't believe you would put Brooklyn on the name of your restaurant and serve this kind of crap. This is disgusting. And we walked out and which like is an amazing complaint to lodge. It's like, <laughs> are you kidding? Like we're in Times Square or whatever. And you went, I don't yeah. even know where it was, but whatever. So I'm like, what do you fucking expect? And uh, and I, I remember like. I was a teen, and so I had some amount of money, and I took all of the money that I had on my person, which was probably most of the money that I had. I was and probably you like threw it on the ground and said, "Pick it up." No, I remember, like, I secret, I waited for my dad to get a few steps ahead of me, and I, know, I secretly I put all the money like mm. on the thing because my dad didn't tip him, and I just like I wanted to like melt into the floor. Yeah, and I'm like, I'm so terrible. sorry. Like, I remember apologizing. I'm like, I'm yeah. sorry, and I put all the money I had in there, whatever oh. it was, and and like slunk out and. Uh, and that, like those kinds of experiences, plus working a series of retail jobs, which also included working at a game crazy when I was in college for years, which was a um, like a it was the video game store uh, subsidiary of Hollywood Video, probably yep. neither of which exist at this point, and just working there for so long and just dealing with like, I mean, there was fewer less people who would scream at you and more people who would just like come in and wanted like show off all their video game knowledge for hours like they would just come into the game crazy to like hang out there all day that's because game crazy was kind of the good one if you didn't have a funko yeah, land game yeah. crazy was the one that actually had all of the old like yeah. multi-generational we sold, spanning we sold shit. games going all the way back to the nes you yeah games going all the way back to the nes which was pretty cool like that was actually a really awesome thing that game crazy but like it meant you'd get these like just kind of insufferable people who would come in to like tell you how cool they are and like did you not have, buy anything did you leave yourself tips to compensate for these horrible people 
<laughs> By the way, that's really From nice that register? you did that at that restaurant when uh, after having that experience. That's like it's legitimately a cool thing that you did. Yeah, I mean, I I just felt so bad for the guy. Yeah, I've definitely added on to my dad's tip. Before. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. yeah. Sure. I'm sure this is a thing that a lot of people <laughs> have experienced. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, hopefully um, you came up with your own like game crazy therapy when that would happen to you. You'd be like, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, <laughs> sir. I mean, game crazy was the easiest one to deal with out of any job I had because <clears throat> if there weren't people in the store or if there was that guy in the store but he wasn't buying it, you could all just day. play video games on the demo machine. Exactly. Yeah, play that Mario Sunshine demo all day. And you could even a thing that we did that we were like <laughs> not technically supposed to, but was definitely tacitly, like for sure tacitly allowed by management, was to just open new games and play them in the store, mm. and then just put them back. <laughs> That's <laughs> like, probably actually. I mean, they, you're probably not supposed to do that, but they also secretly like that it means that their employees can actually tell someone something about a new video game. Yeah, like, within I, days I definitely was out. like an informed employee, and an like, informed gamer. I would help a mom. I actually remember a mom informed. coming in one time and was like my my son wants this burnout game like should i buy it for him and i was like oh yeah burnout's great and she's like what is it and i'm like well you basically like intentionally get in outrageous car accidents and and like try to like hurl the flaming wreck of the car as far as you can and she was like i i i was saying it was one of those moments where you realize what the insane disconnect is between what passes as like a yeah. normal video game experience <laughs> like to a normal person who doesn't play video right. games or care about video games and she was like I don't think I'm gonna get that one and I was like no but it's really like it's really expressive and it's like a fun way like the systems collide in like fun ways and she was like I don't that sounds really off-putting and I was like yeah it does now that it's coming out of my mouth yeah, you've got to say like it's like a movie stunt simulator the cars are empty but that's not right. the stuff that you start with you're yeah. definitely like you mm. cause the hugest car accident exactly, possible yeah. rack up the most damages yeah. that you can in this small town yeah I mean, and that's like way less objectionable than even a lot of games, which are just like you spend eight hours murdering people with an yeah. assault rifle. God, someone in chat uh, is saying the kid glaring at capital not cool Chris behind capital mom shoulder. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that kid was not there. But if they were, you would have been not a cool gamer who has played the latest releases. You would have been an adult. You'd be a dad. Yep. You were a full dad right then. Yep. Just yep. <laughs> so. Anyway, that's like a, that's like the the conversation where the, what the, where you're mm. describing it in the enthusiastic voice, and the kid is hearing you be like, "Well, it is a game in which cars crash into each other and cause the most damage possible." <laughs> like a kid seeing right. it through their yeah, mom's yeah, perspective, yeah, being yeah. like, oh, "No, <laughs> no." <laughs> uh, also, being review bombed on Steam because of something that you say on the uh, internet yeah, is horrible. That was that was bad. Anyway, uh, Robert Hoffman writes. This is the last question. I recently re-listened to the tale of Nick's airport encounter with Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> this was in Idle Thumbs 43, Jeff Gone Goldblum. At one point, Chris asks Nick if he's a fan of, uh, of Mr. Goldblum's work. Upon receiving an affirmative response, Chris incredulously replies, Really? I hate that guy. I'm going to pause the question here wow. because I was reading this question when I was assembling this document. <laughs> that, yep, I, that's me. You no, went I went back to the video. I definitely fucking did not say anything I did not say that at all. Let's I, look at the guy. upload, the latest date modified on that episode of Idle Thumbs. <laughs> I can't do that on YouTube, so um, I went true. I went to YouTube because it has yeah. timestamp versions. I, I definitely did, did not say, say that. I no, that I didn't. What I, I did express incredulity because yeah. what I what the sentiment I did express was what is there to even be a fan of? Right, right, right. Because right. I was at the time solely familiar with Jeff Goldblum through like three movies and I'm yep. like there in is which he's awesome yes he is but I didn't know anything about the actual <laughs> man himself 
at all. Like, I, I didn't, feel like we were slightly ahead of the Jeff Goldblum curve, too. Yeah, I think Nick put us ahead of that curve yeah. with this. Anyway, so the question continues not, here. Not much, though. We were still post-Wes Anderson Jeff Goldblum, which was the beginning that's of true. the Jeff Goldblum I curve. I guess that's true, yeah. yeah anyway, really continues here. Given the collective thumbs obsession with the man in the present day, the adam- this adamantly negative appraisal was startling to hear. Are there any other elements of your lives today that are diametrically opposed to the way you acted or felt in your earlier days? Cases <laughs> in which you've not just changed Jesus. your view, but in fact moved from one extreme end of the spectrum to the other? Yes, a thousand like million every, things. Yeah, lots of things. Everything that I did that was horrible and bad when I was young is yeah, now replaced yeah. with me attempting to be less horrible and bad at them, oh but not ever thinking that I'm good at them. Yeah. Like as far as just views and things that I strive to be better at. Yeah. yeah. Uh, one of the easier ones I, to get over was thinking Jeff Goldblum is cool. I have to, I mean, <laughs> I'm going to say like, yeah, uh, this is like, I, I don't know if this is what Jake was getting at, but I have to say like realistically, probably in all but a few all but like outlying cases to at least some degree, obviously some people more than others and to some people much less than others. But like to some degree, I feel like if you're an American male, if the answer to this isn't yes, you're probably not <laughs> like, you're probably not on the right, heading in the right direction. Yeah. Like I, 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 I mean, I'm not to say that everyone has to believe the same things or like have the same political outlook. That's not true. But like there definitely are a lot of things that like if you just grow up and this is not just America, but a lot of places like if you just like grow up as a dude, you're just taught terrible things by implication. Like it's crazy. Like even people who are like basically on the right track, there's still just like all these things lurking everywhere that you're just encouraged to think shittily about because you don't have to not. And definitely like getting yourself on the right track there is like part of just being an adult. Yeah. 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 It's a weird. It's yeah. Uh, you, uh, yeah. And if you've been doing podcasts for 10 years, uh, the oldest ones that exist, in fact, document a lot of really horrible things about yourself that are just <laughs> on the record forever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, such as Chris hating Jeff Goldblum. Um, <laughs> yeah, I did say that. I said it affirmatively and vociferously. Um, it's good that that's an example of something you didn't actually say and you had a far more nuanced and developed opinion of Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if it was nuanced and developed. It was ambiguous. Like It was ambivalent is what I should say mm. is what my opinion was. But, man, yeah. holy shit. Man, what a downer of a last question. Yeah. Um, <laughs> thanks for listening. <laughs> the Adult Thumbs Ruination cast, which we did successfully ruin at the very end there by bringing the energy yep. way down in a, in a moment of sober self-reflection. Uh, if you well, like, I mean, we could have also been like, you know, I really thought that uh, hamburgers were only good when they have cheese and ketchup only, but now I like a hamburger that has all the food on it. <laughs> like, I was so wrong. I've gone back and forth in my life about general sandwich preferences from like, I want a sandwich with everything on it to I want just like the bare bones um, to I want a like sandwich with all the stuff. And I think I'm, I'm actually now at the sort of adult middle ground where it's like, I want the nice collection of things appropriate for that so sandwich. So you're just boring, middle-aged I am, boring I, that, that is a boring opinion, but, I, but, yeah. it's, but it's one I'm happy to have at this point. Um, but I've definitely, with stuff like hamburgers, <laughs> I have gone back and forth a lot. Uh, we've inf- weirdly talked about that on I'm a sure we have. There's only so many things we could talk about. We're, yeah. we're <laughs> one running. of them is hamburgers. As an American male, you spend a lot of your time thinking about hamburgers. As an American male, you haven't really lived that much of a life compared to other people, it turns <laughs> out. The end. Um... <laughs> Uh, anyway, thanks for listening to the Idle Thumbs Ruination online. If I had to you, drop it down right there at the end. Uh, and if you would like to submit a question to be answered on the Ruination, you can uh, head over to our Patreon campaign at patreon.com slash idle thumbs and all the details about all the different levels of support and their rewards 
can be found there. And we really, really, really appreciate everyone who has um, signed up. It is so, so, so meaningful to us. And it allows us to do this podcast in this nice studio that we have that makes it sound good and uh, and be as professional as our bullshit will allow it to be. Um, yeah, we're the ones holding it back at this point. Exactly. To bring yeah. it all the way back to the very first question. Right. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, we will do another one of these. Um, next month. Stay tuned to this feed if you're listening to the podcast feed for another episode of Idle Thumbs, the video game podcast, coming soon. And with that, for Idle Thumbs, I am Chris Remo. I am Nick Brickin. I am Jake Rodkin. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Goodbye. It's a JavaScript file. It's too bad it's not also a JSON file that saves your preferences. I know. Jason. <laughs> was that a <laughs> was that a, a Sega screen? David Cage. Oh no, yeah, no, it was the David. It was David Cage. Okay, <laughs> it was not, not Sega screen. God, a I didn't know if that was stupid mashup <laughs> of the press X to Jason video in which every time he says Jason, it's, it's performed Jason. in the style yeah. of the Sega. <laughs> oh, screen. oh, oh, yeah, okay, yeah. Jason. Jason or Jason. Oh. Yeah, it's both. You have to randomly <laughs> choose way. between both of them. If you get the if you get the the, the song or the scream, <laughs> yeah. Uh man, now I'm Idle thinking. Thumbs 313, the yeah. song or the scream. <laughs> that would be, that would be <laughs> Jason. It would have to be a sister episode to the meme scream. Yeah, uh, that's true. From this yeah. week's mm. important if true. Yeah. Because now all I'm thinking about is um if the Sega Scream had lasted slightly longer, that there would have definitely if okay, if the Sega Scream had uh, if rather let me back this all the way up. If Vine had existed during mm. the uh was it two thousand four? Was that when there would definitely be a Howard Dean scream that had a Sega scream, uh, like half second <laughs> long in yeah. that video. But yeah. No, no, video wasn't cool then. No. No. There would be like a developer's developer's version, probably. Oh, that's true. <laughs> yeah. Jason, Jason, Jason. Jason! <laughs>